0: welcome once again to galactic history 101 where this week we're looking at the next part chronicled in the anime legend of the galactic heroes the episode the liberation of the frontier number 14 I'm Mick uh, your host and doorknob loving guide here to uh, to guide our way through uh, the the tight tight corridors of the galaxy
1: uh i am alan one of the co-hosts i guess we're all co-hosts right mm-hmm. and uh Fair. and fashion loving man and here to talk about why i hate these presents so
2: much i'm matt <laughs> and i am wearing the same t-shirt i wore last week at our previous recording mm. but i did wash it in between <laughs> they good nice. for you yes
3: I'm Molly, and I'm wearing a different shirt than the than what I wore last time on the podcast. Um, and that makes me a good person. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I'm Kevin, and I don't remember what I was wearing during our last podcast.
0: <laughs> and together, we form the Sad War Yang Gang. I don't have much I don't have many more things that like form together, you know. Like amoeba, we we are the Connect. sad boy Yang gang. <laughs> <Lego>. <laughs> Much like liquid, we fill any container that we get into, and the container we're in today is the sad boy Yang gang. <laughs> so so anyway, as we left our as when we last left our heroes, um. It was a different set of heroes uh, who were on a different planet. But but our struggle remains the same. Uh, we are observing instead the other side of, uh, of this struggle. We are observing the Alliance coming down onto a planet that has been, had all of its food stolen by the Empire. Maybe stolen as a requisition, perhaps, by the Empire. Uh, and so... We come in with a narrator who who tells us we've had a time jump, an unknown number, unknown amount of time, but the alliance has taken over two hundred systems already. By this point, uh, the last episode was seeing the alliance take over the first system, and now we are on presumably somewhere in the two hundreds. Uh, systems a portion of which were inhabited is what it says overall totaling about 50 million citizens so about 50 million people have been liberated by the uh by the alliance at this point uh i (laughs) i get immediately into my engineering shit in my notes here um the alliance has planes that to land on the planet so they don't bring their whole spaceships down much like the empire um Which implies that their normal ships cannot touch, touch down on the planets because if they brought their planes with them away from Earth, then, you know, it has to be for a reason, right? Anyway, and also I noted that being able to put your whole ships, just land them on a planet, pretty big tactical advantage if you can literally just hide your ship on a planet in a way that you could not do if you're the alliance and their planes can't go can't land although again in the movie they were definitely in a gas giant atmosphere which implies that they'd be able to handle some of the forces but all right let's move all that all that aside Uh, and then my next section is called the civil engineering way uh because (laughs) Uh, what happens in this scene is that we get uh, Vice Admiral Haywood and our random ensign. We've saw Haywood in the introduction of the Enormous Fleet episode, but our ensign is Verimont. Um, uh, the two of these guys are looking at footage from this, this next planet, and the commander says, Verimont, use your civil engineering skills and teach the citizens how to make food instead of giving, giving them food. Because if we just give them food, you know, we're old adage teach a man, etc. So something something old adage blah blah blah. Uh I did I did put in here that Vermont has the most Hollywood protagonist face I've ever seen. I mean he looks like fucking Ryan Reynolds over here, essentially. Maybe that's not the person I should reach for. I don't know. No, I think it is. Who? Okay. All right. That's good. That's good to know. I'm glad I got it. Got it in one.
3: Uh, I mean.
0: Not, I'm not talking about Haywood. I'm talking about, yeah, th- there we go. Yeah. Le- young Leo DiCaprio is who I was trying yeah. to reach for. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's the better he,
0: one. He is Leonardo DiCaprio from the Titanic right there. Definitely. Um good so. call. Thank you. I'm glad that a month ago me knew what he was talking about. He was on point.
3: That chin and the side part, very nice.
0: Mm-hmm. I could I could only wish to have a part as good as his, you know?
5: Same. Same. <laughs>
0: <laughs> For the listener, they're both bald.
1: <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir, I am buzzed.
0: They okay. both are buzzed, minimum.
1: <laughs>
0: maximum? But they both are maximum buzzed. Not, not yet. <laughs> well on the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, anything with this new kid? Any Any comments? Concerns? I kind of hate his face, I think.
1: His face reminds me kind of of what Japan thinks handsome Western actors look like. Mm-hmm. Like not what they actually look like, but what he, they, what 80s Japan thought they looked like.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I, moving on then from Mole Boy Verymont's intro, uh, we kind of get a montage of a, a like well drilling going on, fields being set back up, all the modern conveniences of farming, crops, which, I mean, I guess in some sense, it's nice that they are walking the walk of bringing things to liberate these people. Because how the fuck else would they just have an enormous amount of agricultural equipment? Um, Now, maybe the the people down there did before. Maybe that's the real answer. But then I feel like they would know how to use it. and, And... they don't know how to use it.
1: I don't necessarily know that I agree with that. Like, but they wouldn't necessarily know how to use it. I mean, it could be alliance, military alliance stuff. Like,
0: no, no, no. I meant if they had it on the planet already, oh, they I would mean, know how to use it.
1: I doubt it. I mean, again, I, mean, I hate to belabor the point, but peasants. Like we've seen the we've seen But the they're way- the
0: farmers. They're literally farmers. It's a farming planet. Yeah, and they're yeah, and if
1: you look in some of the and you look in one of the earlier episodes, you can see, and sometime in this episode, you can see that they're using fucking uh, hoses and rakes.
4: So I think that suggests they didn't have the technology. Not the technology right, right. playing around.
1: Correct. They don't have that
0: tech there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just saying if they had it on the planet already before the alliance showed up. Why would they need the Alliance to show them how to use it?
1: Because they're the Imperials. We don't trust Imperials in this house.
0: Oh. Okay. All right.
3: I was kind of taken aback by how sparse the population was on these little colony planets. Um, Like, when they said how many planets had been taken, I was like, that's so many people. That's so many resources. How? And then they were like 50 million people. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh. Huh? <laughs> like
0: Yeah. less populated than a a low population state in America. <laughs> yeah.
3: Maybe it's cuz they're bad at farming.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe maybe they don't know how to use it, right? Because it's all completely automated and uh, you know, they just sit in their little peasant homes and it goes without them. But Who knows? I feel like a
3: lot of these people seemed kind of middle class, like not not like merchant level middle class, but like not impoverished, like not great great depression. Yeah, they're not serfs, not great depression, but maybe like a slightly run down suburb or something or like a boom town that hasn't died entirely yet in like the West and like the 1800s. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you listen to what happens later in this episode, they talk very much about, oh, I just wanted to go to the the great frontier and have my own little planet, my own little planet out there in the void that I can farm and blah, blah, blah. So maybe that's how these people got here, you know? Uh, we get back here and we see, again, this must be, this has to be at least a week or five uh, in the future, Vermont's riding in a car with the older villager who's the elder and and the villager, the villager's daughter uh, who's Therese. Um, and he's like, hey, you know, it's the Alliance. We came here to save you. haha ha. Uh, he, he by sight st- is like, oh my God, something's wrong. Stops the car and then goes and touches the soil. And he's like, this needs a little bit more water or something. <laughs> it's very like, Serious, like Hollywood nonsense. Scientist, like, oh, he can tell just by looking.
2: Stop the car! <laughs>
0: oh no, that's a great okay. detail.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I like that a lot. I can. Tell it was so strange. That it was like abstract thing. No one knows about is wrong.
1: I mean, can you say that we would don't all have that same superpower? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, know. I mean,
0: <laughs> I do stop this show every like three seconds because of some nonsense. Yeah, like... so, I think it's different though. I, I, they put some things in this show. Look at
2: how far he is from like whatever he's spotted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> water. I mean, it's just
0: dirt. It's probably the same anywhere, honestly. No, but he can see the difference in that dirt. We can't even see the difference, and we're the ones over here.
3: What if it's literally just like really dry? Like super dry like it hasn't rained in 3 weeks and everyone else is like that's fine, right? And he's just like, hmm, perhaps water would help.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's very possible. I mean, this that's dude what... owns.
2: he's like a... I think he's just like a... what is it? The a dude that just comes to town and sells you a monorail, whatever that, the music man, like, he's just like, oh, I can tell that something's wrong here. Like, let me scoop this up dirt (laughs) up and pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Uh What you need is water. Holy shit, this guy's a genius.
1: (laughs) There is something I did notice, so that gives some credence to his quote unquote talents, which is like, they're driving right past a super green field. And then, you know, like a half a block later, hey, this isn't this is this is not green at all. Let me see if it's getting enough water.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly. It's, it's, like I mean, everyone else that, is just unobservant, basically. I don't know. Everyone
0: yeah. else is like, we
1: put enough frondo in here. We put frondo instead of water here. It should <laughs> uh-huh. be growing faster.
0: It's what plants crave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh the he finds this out and he pulls out this like PS3 boomerang controller of a phone <laughs> and uh and radios back that he's like, We've got to increase the water in sector 5G or whatever the fuck sector he says. And the villager's like, Wow, you really do care very much. You want to come to a party tonight? We're gonna to have a party to celebrate all of this. Um, something that I thought was amusing is he very specifically uh invites only the villager and the driver not the rest of the alliance like sorry they don't help out like veramont does um and veramont's kind of like uh how do you have any food to have a party okay though we're we'll do it that sounds good and then we cut immediately to the party but it's a grand
4: party like i was not expecting something of that scale
0: me either yeah it's it's real big party and like Vermon and Therese are just sitting at a bridal table like it's just a fucking it's it's they are the only two people at the couple's table while the driver even gets to mingle with the villagers or whatever but not very much um anyway uh i keep switching between Vermon and Vermont and i don't know if that was google autocorrecting me or if i didn't know but Anyway, uh, he is uncomfortable. He is like, why the fuck? What is this party? This is a large party. I shouldn't be here. Um, the driver, though, is like, hell yeah, this is fucking great. Let's go. Um, and Verymont kind of is like, okay, I'm out. And the elder is like, Therese, you got to follow him. You got to follow him, daughter. So we go out there and we get the first of these conversations that pepper the rest of the episode. So Varamond's kind of like, in outside in the cold, under the tree, uh, Therese is like, hey, it's me. And very like, what? Did your dad come tell you to talk to me? Oh, I understand. He's a shrewd guy. But she wants to fuck. So or 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 or, or as Molly notes here, is she savvy? Um, And I'm not sure really. I This show does not portray her as savvy. No, it does let's not. Say.
3: But it leads you to believe up until the point where he flat out asks her that she is just doing it out of shrewdness and practicality. And I had a few notes about this. Um, I was just like, well, traditionally, I read somewhere that like, I don't know, like in the last few hundred years, like women in general are less romantic than men because the repercussions are a lot worse for them. And it's kind of like you do what you need to do. You get married, you do this and that, but like a dalliance will hurt you than it will a man. So they're more able to be like, have these like big sweeping romantic gestures and things like that. Not that like women weren't romantic, but I was just like, yes, this makes a lot of sense. She absolutely should get in with this, like (laughs) this, this guy and his military. And then she's just like, Oh, how could you think that? Oh, I'm embarrassed, but I think I I do like you. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm just like, is this real? Is this real? Is this not real? <laughs> but yeah, then they kind of portray her as like an idiot later. So
0: I don't know. Yeah. Uh, this this scene, I think, I like that reading of it, of just like, you know, she's, she's using the fact that he knows that her dad sent her out as a bargaining piece in this potential relationship and saying like, oh yes, you know, I, whether or not he sent me out here, let me tell you, you're the one for me, very Mond.
3: And it, it could be both. I mean, it doesn't hurt that yeah. he's like what Japan thinks Leonardo DiCaprio is. So like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like she'd have to be cozy with someone who's ugly or old or anything like that. So, I don't know. maybe she wants to have her ke- her cake and eat it too. It's just later on it kind of leads you to believe that she's sincere, which I think is kind of the lazier of the writing options they could have gone with, but it worked yeah for such like a this this the focus of the story is obviously elsewhere.
0: The overall story at least mm-hmm. obviously this i I think that if we look at VeriMon's story, which he tells us is like lifelong dream of. Inhab- inhabiting an uninhabited planet with a wife and kids and therese again either shrewdly or uh, uh probably shrewdly is like that's been my dream too dot 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 dot
4: um it pretty much lives on an uninhabited planet <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> i mean it's like obviously that's your dream <laughs> here you are yeah <laughs> I think it's obviously not her story, and so they went with yes. what worked better for the main character in the story to hurt her character's detriment. It's not like it's yes. terrible; it's just that's what I think happened.
0: I'd agree with that because, yeah, they definitely focus on very months. And I mean, again, this is our, our this is our problem with the show every episode, right? is the focus on especially as it comes to relationships the worst option from a writing standpoint by modern standards at least um and 80s is modern enough that that should have been the standard then too to be clear but you know
3: i guess you can only ask for so much for like a one shot character
2: as far as we know know.
0: you can can ask for more molly you can (laughs) ask for more i asked for more (laughs)
2: To be fair, none of these characters have much depth. Or yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. <it's>, yeah. <laughs> it's just, they're yeah. all kind of throwaway.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Barryman's most depth is that he's the king civil engineer who can tell when the dirt is dry and needs <laughs> <he eats> water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we get we get a cut here to uh, rationing logistics. This is Reinhardt's plan come to fruition, essentially. Uh, we cut to iserloin Kazern is looking at the supply requests, um, which is an interesting thing, I thought. Uh, 90 days of rations for 50 million people. Seeds for 200 edible plants. I That doesn't seem like that much, but maybe it's like enough seeds to cover a planet. 40 artificial protein plants, 60 hydroponics plants uh, as like the minimum. Uh the food rations alone would use 500 million tons of grain. And Isserloin only has 70 million tons. Uh, Kazern calls up his boss, who's Lobos. And Lobos and fucking motherfucking piece of shit Fork are here. Uh, <laughs> Kazern starts talking, but Lobos is like, well, those are excessive demands. Oh, well, let's call home. They'll send the food. Kazern's like, "That's... Are you sure? I mean, do we want supply lines to be that long? And Lobos is like, yeah, dude, it's the plan. Or sorry, Fork is like, yeah, dude, it's the plan. The Alliance has thought of this. I've thought of this as the creator of this plan. Kazern's like, okay, fucking whatever. The response that we all have to Fork's existence and he... He ends the scene hoping that Yang will live through this because if this is too stupid of a war for Yang to die in. <laughs> Which uh, Yang may argue all wars are too stupid for anyone to die in, but I agree with Kazern's point here because my god.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Then we get uh, the return of our favorite characters, the High Council. Um, Labello's like, dude, we got to end this war. It's so. F- fucking expensive and then the lady windsor disagrees of course which I,
3: whatever she's wearing the same outfit as before she
4: that's her work
0: outfit yeah she's you know? like
3: she and matt same, <laughs> she's rich. same she doesn't have,
0: she doesn't watch anything she has a she has a different suit for every day <laughs> yes. of her life <laughs> it's a new suit every day
3: she burns the old one
0: yeah. And it's just
3: an identical, a closet full of identical power suits in the same shade of pink.
0: <laughs> She's the heir to the Windsor fortune and she is part of the high council of half of the entire known universe. Yeah.
3: I have a, I just have a note that says Hillary Clinton strongly disagrees because I forgot her name. <laughs>
0: The chairman approves military spending with no limit. No
4: limit.
1: <sighs> Molly, do you believe do you believe that Chairman Whitney has girl power?
3: <laughs> yes, I believe she has girl power.
1: Do you believe that Chairman Windsor effectively utilized girl power in an incredibly irresponsible invasion of the Empire? <laughs>
5: um
0: so anyway, the chairman approves unlimited military spending. Uh, unlimited spending Unlimited Spending. Because otherwise it will look bad. If 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 we don't give... What was that, Kevin? You gotta support the troops. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Support the troops with all of your soul.
3: The optics, man, the optics.
0: Trunix adjusts his tie for this entire scene. He just, he's there. He's adjusting it the whole time. Hmm. He never stops.
3: With a squinty sideways eyes, he's just like, hmm, hmm,
2: hmm. He's just making sure he doesn't have to do
0: shit. He's like,
2: are enough people going to support or go against this shit that I don't need to do anything?
0: Yeah. He's like, can I ride the middle long enough (laughs) that I can call this either a great war or a dumb war?
2: I didn't want to do this.
0: I I had no say in what went, you saw that I voted against this. Right. Um, then we cut to yang our first vision of yang so far i don't know how sad he is in here but
2: moderate sad
0: moderate sad he calls uhanu to talk through uh retreat retreat logistics retreat 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 logistics um uh yang's like dude we got a Dude, we gotta get the fuck out of here! Like, I'm so we're gonna fucking die, dude. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. Uh, and he says it enough times so that O'Haner is like, "Okay, you're right, you're right." So O'Haner like, "I'll, I'll cover Bucock.
3: Bucock? Wait, who?
0: It's just Bucock. Okay. So. Uh, and then Yang's gonna try to convince Lobos. Which is a bad idea because Fork's there. Nobody likes Fork. So then uh, on Odin, uh, Reinhardt gets a report basically of the uh, extremely long supply lines. And he's like, all right, Ice, you got to go blow that shit up. And then he just starts walking off. He's like, oh, this is my job. I got to blow this shit up. But Reinhardt's like, wait, wait, Ice. I know you care about people and I don't want you to have to kill anyone. I want you to show on your face how much you hate my orders. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to do. You need to give me a reaction when I tell you to de- to murder not only a whole bunch of Alliance dudes, but also food for a whole bunch of our citizens. I need to see the anguish on your face, Ice. and But Kiriki Ice refuses. Uh... Listen, I can't do delivery like <laughs> Reinhard can, okay? Reinhard said all that shit I just said in four words. It's to win, Kirikias. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you Reinhard's feelings. You can't see his face right now. You're just listening to us talk.
2: I think it's like a, a sequel to last episode's look. Like he was it's looking true. at him last episode to see how he would react, and he like didn't react. He was super stoic. And now he's like All right, fuck it. Kirky Ice. This is why I'm doing it, dude. Like, you understand, right? You're okay with this? (laughs) But Kirky is is like, no response. He's like,
3: don't freeze me out, man. I know you hate (laughs) it. Just tell me that you hate it. I can't live like this. But I mean, also they're at work. What does he expect? Like, it, it would undermine him as an admiral if he's just like crying about it in front of all the other admirals.
0: Yeah, but the other animals aren't here this time. Although Oberstein is, and I think
5: Oberstein's always that's, that's, there. Though Ice, not really
0: in right. front of Oberstein. <laughs> the used to be the one that was always there, Alan. Mm, but mm. now, now it's just Oberstein.
1: I feel like we really haven't talked enough about, like I, I know we've talked about it a lot about how Oberstein is a homewrecker, but I feel like. This, like, this glance... I could Like, you know how we talked about the look last episode for an hour? I feel like we could talk about this look on Reinhardt. Like, it's not even at... It's not even at uh, Kierkegaard. It's just... Like, he's just so sad. Because he can... Like, the gap is literally physically growing. Mm -hmm. Like, they're standing farther apart. Like, even the blocking for the scene. Like, you know...
3: That's a that's a that's a good thing to notice, yeah.
1: So like, not just like where they were standing. So like, if you compare, I would have to actually bust out the bust out the tape measure. But where they were standing in this scene compared to last episode with the look, like that's even farther. Like it's not a huge distance farther, but it's farther, and in between that distance, guess who?
0: Oberstein. Oberstein. Yeah, I mean, there's one that pink ass chair is dope AF, no, it's too um, rough. but two, uh, totally. I think that everything that has happened since the episode where Oberstein was a literal home wrecker has been in the margins in some ways. Like that it hasn't been the focus of the episodes, and so we get these looks. <laughs> And then we talk about them for quite a while because uh, that's basically all they're giving us. But it is showing stuff, even in the the short amount of time that that they are happening. But yes, um, I I don't even know. Yes, Oberstein is the homewrecker. Reinhardt is inviting him further and further in. You know, Reinhardt is not making efforts to bridge this gap that's growing. He is saying you know what, Oberstein, you're fucking right. Let's starve all of our citizens and murder the people who are trying to help them. That's 100% correct.
1: I don't really know that that
0: Reinhardt knows how to... that Reinhard himself knows how to fix relationships, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, he definitely fucking doesn't. Remember how much of an asshole he was as a 10-year-old? Well, what I mean, it is He's a piece defense. of shit.
1: I mean, it is defense. He's an actual literal sociopath. So, like,
0: you know...
3: He only has two friends, and one of them is his sister. So, it's like...
0: And the other one is now Oberstein. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shit. Oh, I don't know that Oberstein even have, can be counted as a friend for anyone. But what I do like is that in the, not not the GIF, but the screenshot right before that, that Matt posted, you can see that Reinhard is literally, is, sorry, that Oberstein is about equidistant, Give or take from Reinhardt and Kierkegaard. He's not exactly one of them like if you look, you know, on that love triangle, they're all the same distance away from
0: each other. <laughs> Which I is, don't think Reinhard loves Overstein though, is the thing.
1: It's not about loving Oberstein so much as it is that accepting him into closest and confidantness.
0: Oh, okay. See, I don't or sorry, did I say Reinhardt? I meant I don't think Kierkegaard loves Overstein.
1: No oh, Kierky
0: no Oberstein. not at all no.
1: so not he's made no secret of
3: it yeah he's overstein is sus that's how he yeah thinks.
1: that's that's how the youths say
3: <laughs>
1: the
0: youths he's very sus very sus um, uh,
3: i view that as kind of like a gravitational pull like overstein is there Ice and Reinhard had this connection and now Reinhardt's being pulled towards the direction of Oberstein again, not romantic, but just sort of like (sighs) ethical dynamics. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and I mean, they don't tell us here, right. But we, we don't know the dynamic of planning. And we talked about this last time. So sorry. uh, Or two times ago, did Reinhardt come up with this plan and, know that Kiyuki Ice would hate it, and so he pitched it to Oberstein, and then Oberstein said, this is a dope plan. Let's go with it, baby. Or, did Oberstein come up with this plan, pitch it to Reinhardt, and then Reinhardt say, hell yeah, I'm down with this shit. Now, maybe the functional difference is the same as it relates to Kiyuki Ice here.
5: I
2: I like the the version where Reinhardt Takes it to both of them because it's like when you take something to your parents, like whichever yeah. one's the, the one that's more likely to give you money. Ask your mom. <laughs> you know, you like. All right, I'm gonna go to you. Oh, they denied me. Off to the other parent. They give me what I want. Sick. No lesson learned.
4: I think it is Overstein's plan because there's like no reason for him to be in this meeting at yeah. all unless yeah. he was the one that created this plan. He's the one behind it
1: well i mean no because oversigns the chief of staff which if i understand what that position means that means he's basically like third in command in terms of operations maybe even second in command i don't really know how their specific stuff works
0: my take on episode eight or whatever it was episode six whenever the love triangle episode was um was that Essentially, Oberstein was taking the place as the main confidant because Reinhardt aligns more with Oberstein's ethics Mm. and wants Oberstein to use his lack of ethics to approve or come up with plans that do not care about the downtrodden that get destroyed during the execution of the plans, while Kirikiais very much cares about those things.
3: I agree 100% with that. Um, to me, it doesn't matter which of them came up with the idea. I think both of them are equally capable of coming up with the idea. The issue is, would Reinhardt go along with it? Is he going to follow the Overstein ethical outlook or the Reinhardt ethical outlook? And it's clear by having Overstein in the room that he's leaning in that direction. So... I, I think that's it. I think it's just Overstein is more of a representation about what he's willing to do and an acknowledgement of like, here's a tool in my arsenal. I will use it. But Reinhardt yeah. is fully capable of coming up with this plan on his own, regardless of if he did or didn't.
0: 100%. Yeah. I, I Again, I think that functionally, it doesn't matter who came up with the plan, mm-hmm. because by putting Overstein in the position to be his conscience and say, yep, that's an okay plan. Results matter more than consequences. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do that. Yeah,
3: <laughs> but he can't. But,
0: but I think the tool comment is not our previous conversation about tool, but. <laughs> using tools within an arsenal comment now applies to Kiriki Ice in a way that it did not before Oberstein came along. And this scene is using Kiriki Ice as a tool instead of using Kiriki Ice as a confidant, which makes him no better than I don't know whom I was trying to come up with a name and I had nothing. nothing. Batman. Bad man.
3: I hope. I hope that Oberstein doesn't start viewing ice as a hindrance or something that he needs to, like, intentionally separate Reinhardt from. I mean, not to speculate too much in the future, because I know some people have seen it, but I haven't, and I don't know. I like Oberstein, but he's capable of some things, so I don't know.
2: Well, so far, right. Kierkegaard right. hasn't resisted.
3: Shit. What was that?
2: So far, Ice hasn't, like, resisted or been a problem like Mm -hmm. he's just been like okay orders are orders yeah i wouldn't really need to at this point i mean it's also like
1: a professionalism thing like i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off
3: no no that's i think that's that's right you go ahead okay
1: uh yeah i mean it's a professionalism thing like he hasn't been given any orders by oversight he's been given orders by by reinhardt who is his boss Like, it's not just a workplace thing. It's also a military thing. And I mean, yes, just because they're in love and have been together for 10 years, if not longer, doesn't mean that, you know, like, you you still got to do what the boss tells you.
0: To an extent. I also feel, though, Obersign, in one of these screenshots even, calls out, oh, it wasn't in one of these. I thought it was. He calls out that, um, or it was in my notes. That's where it was. Uh, Oberstein notes that Kierkegaes hates this way of fighting mm-hmm. which again there's no there's no verbal response here from Kierkegaes he he, by all professionalism standards fully accepts and is like I'm going to go do this job but you know obviously Reinhard can read him at this point to know that he hates it um, or really doesn't even have to read him he knows before he tells him that he's going to hate it you know, and then Overstein is here with his cold, clear cybernetic eyes to confirm um, via presumably vital signs, and uh, and
3: your pupils dilated. You must eat uh-huh. this, Kirkyeyes.
0: I have played back this scenario seven hundred and eighty-three thousand <laughs> times, and each time we can see that Kirkyeyes's pupils dilate exactly. Point zero one centimeters, which <laughs> determines that that Kiriki Ice dislikes this way of fighting. I mean,
3: I, not to bring up Orson Scott Card yet again, but in <laughs> Speaker for the Dead, there is a kid with cybernetic eyes, Oliado, and he does that. He literally will record things and people, and then play it back, and he can pick up on these like little details. But I don't think he needs to do that. I think oversight yeah, is I looking at right. Reinhardt's <laughs> reaction. Kirky ice and is connecting the dots that way I think Kierke Ice is doing a pretty good job of just being very stoic but then Reinhardt's just like listen buddy we just made out two nights ago and you were crying about this I know you hate it and like just tell me that you hate it it's fine and then Kierke Ice is like there's literally another person in the room please just be chill
0: <laughs> leave me alone for now please sir <laughs>
3: But Reinhardt also laid his, his cards on the table in front of Oberstein. Whatever you tell me, Kierkegaard me will also know. So, wait, what?
0: This is, I thought you were going to say something else. Yeah. It's like, this isn't this isn't a CNN Zoom call. <laughs> I remember that happening. I watched this episode. I feel like I would have written something down. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He laid his cards on the table.
3: The scene where... Uh, Overstein was like listen get Kierkegaard in here I need to he needs to know this too and then Reinhardt's like listen by now you have to know what my relationship is like with Kierkegaard you can just say it in front of me and I'll tell him I will literally tell him because there are no secrets behind us how much heavier can I make the subtext I will make it heavier for you if I have to but just understand <laughs> it and then um so I think Oberstein's a smart enough guy I think he gets it um so that's why I think he's just watching Reinhardt even more than Kierkegaard.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I totally think that. I think Oberstein is using his cold, clear cybernetic eyes to measure the distance growing in every interaction as it increases.
3: He records it. He's just like, ah, <laughs> yeah. yes, an extra 0. 0.5 centimeters today.
0: <laughs> Perfect. My plan is going just according to plan. No, it's too much. No, it's too much emotion too for, emotional. Too
3: emotional. Okay.
0: Um anyway, yes. Anything else here that we want to hit? Um It's regarding... very sad.
1: like it's such a sad look. Like Reinhard looks so sad.
0: Reinhard has gotten things to where he where he has by ambition and Kiriki Ice's help, and he is now his ambition is outpacing the ability for Kiriki Ice to help him, and so we're here.
1: Also, we're going straight Machiavelli. Like that's the only. Po- I mean, once you go into scorched earth, like how much, how much less, how much, you know, uh, how much more can you step back from being Machiavelli? once you're doing scorched earth on literal millions of civilians,
0: it's true. Yeah, that's that's where you end up. Uh, but would be proud. Apparently, this was still the best plan, though. You know, again, both of these plans are so bad for all of the individuals. In oh
1: pot. yeah! Oh oh yeah! Yeah yeah yeah! Fucking
0: peasants! Yeah, whether they're soldiers or peasants, they all get fucked. I soldiers mean, were peasants, and they will be again.
3: The alliance could have just stayed home.
1: I don't know. Yeah, no. But right. They That's won- like it's insane. But they would have won an election. Exactly. <laughs> That's
2: true. It's- That's true. We cut back to it in this episode with the politicians. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, this was a bad idea. We look like idiots, though, if we back out. So let's just pretend like everything's going great (laughs) until the election.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
3: Mission accomplished. They won't be back
0: home before the election anyway. Fuck (laughs) them. They can't vote my mail from
2: space. Space (laughs) Space mail can't get here fast enough. Just keep the charade going for a few more months.
0: Yes, um, uh, Reinhardt's an asshole uh, and doesn't care about his friends, his former friends. Um, and so the beginning of this is that uh, we we cut to the, uh, the 500 10 million ton cargo ships. There's 500 cargo ships carrying 10 million tons of of grain each that's 5 billion tons in total of grain is is that like the weight of a planet i don't know how much (laughs) planets weigh
3: oh i looked that up a couple episodes ago and then i promptly forgot
0: how much does the earth weigh
2: earth is i don't know what that means that's, you're going to no. Nope, that's way.
0: Higher. The, the answer way is high. the Earth weighs a lot <laughs> more
3: than whatever we think is a lot. That's
0: way high. Um, <laughs> Ten to the twenty-fourth. That's way. Yeah, high.
3: that that was way the result high. I got the last time, and I think that's why I just didn't bring it up. <laughs>
0: hmm It's not close. It's not close. <laughs> Never mind.
4: <laughs> the aerospace engineer, the narrator said, "There's only fifty million citizens, so this is what five hundred tons of grain per citizen
0: that's a lot (laughs) do they really need that much fucking grain? (laughs) holy shit you're totally right I didn't even do that calculation
3: all carb diet
0: oh my god and too many carbs you will eat carbs (laughs) we are shoving carbs down your fucking throat until you explode
4: I
1: mean, I've heard good things about the Asian diet, which is like 90% rice.
0: Oh my god, man.
1: And, but, so, what I think is hilarious is that 500, 500, you know, let's call them treasure chests. Let's call them flying treasure chests. And 26 ships to defend them.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: What could go wrong?
0: (laughs) I was unsure if they were still in Alliance space here. I assume they aren't. But also, if they're not, like, why the fuck do they only have 26 ships? Anyway, uh, yeah, so as we have slightly alluded to here, Qqi shows up with a big ass fleet, blows them all the fuck up, just real quick. Everything goes really fast. Uh Yang Yang finds out what's happening, and he's like, Shit, we were too late to retreat. Uh, the, the the ship above the planet that Varymont's on gets the word directly from our favorite boy, Fork, that they have to procure food on site because not only do they no longer have any food for the citizens, they don't have any food for themselves. So get fucking excited and go steal all the food from the citizens that's left. So not only we, it is so wild how it so quickly changes from Liberation Army to Get Fucked Army.
1: So I just sent you. A, so I just sent you everyone a screenshot. Uh, our fleet's transport fleet is under attack by the Imperial fleet. So here's the question: Is this just one of all of the fleets? Like, are all seven fleets or that got dispatched getting one of these?
0: And then they all got fucked.
1: Yeah, oh. It's or is interesting. It just the one fleet, one transport fleet for all seven fleets. They
0: might, they might have just not gone broad enough in like naming things correctly. Because what would you call the overall fleet?
1: Our military, entire
0: combined <laughs> military force. I feel like you could call that a fleet, though. You know, <laughs> I think I think a flotilla, maybe. I have no idea navy terms, my friend. So anyway uh yes if they are using fleet in the same way as they use it literally two words later in the sentence it would imply that it is only yang's fleet worth of 500 <laughs> 5 billion tons of grain
1: that's 500 for every person <laughs> which you know what honestly let's be real here the uh the The free planets alliance has shown that they're so bad at everything that, it, <laughs> that this is why it's an actual question instead of just being being like, oh, it's probably a TL No issue. Like they, I they have, think that
0: dumb. but also I feel like fork elevates these things. God, he sucks so much. So anyway, we go back down. We've now zoomed out, and we're going to zoom right back in to Old Varymont where. Uh, all the Alliance soldiers are breaking into the Elders' place to find the food, tearing apart drywall, which, like, really? <laughs> Were they storing food in the drywall? They How gave did they them a fucking lot of do grain. That? They had to yeah. store it somewhere. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vermont's like, no, you can't take these people's grain. He just gets, you know, bowled over. They storm in. Um, they're like, we know you had a party. And the Elders like, oh. Betrayed by you, Verimont, the man who I've given my daughter to already? (laughs) And Verimont's like, It wasn't me! Because it was the driver. Mm -hmm. Um, And Verimont's like, You motherfucker, and starts beating him up. But the driver's like, What the fuck, dude? You're an alliance soldier. Why do you even care about these stupid fucking citizens? No one cares about the other side's individuals. We've been trained against that, sir. Maybe it's very much civil engineering background, or maybe it's just uh, the humanity deep inside him and all soldiers coming up and saying, actually, I do care, but we don't get any of that because we cut to commercial. I'm sorry.
3: They go out of their this is way. This fast and loose,
0: baby. They go out of their <laughs> way to destroy
3: like priceless artifacts and like Ming vases and things like that. They're like, could food? Be inside of this like painting. I better just like cut it in half and find <sighs> out.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And yeah. granted, they eventually do find the food by breaking something. So I mean, I guess it works out for them by
0: breaking into every floor and wall where yeah. they just have food. It again, yeah. very strange. Right. I yeah, like, am it's so
2: neatly packaged.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it makes sense. Um, you don't
2: want to get the space
1: critters to get to get into it.
0: Yeah.
3: It was very smart of the peasants to store some extra food away.
0: Yeah. Totally. Too bad it didn't work out
2: for them. Taken from them once. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They were like, Like, well, fuck fuck this. Yeah. Varymon has a very sad boy Yang face as the Alliance soldiers leave. Haywood has ordered anyone interfering to get arrested for mutiny interfering with the orders to steal the food to get arrested for mutiny. So that's great. Already things. I feel like they've devolved faster here than they did in the Imperial version of this episode. But yeah, then we get a little montage of Alliance soldiers just like fucking people up, stealing some food. Um, uh, Then it's like five houses of just ransacking Uh, The citizens rally that night. They're like, people who give us food are friends. Those who steal it are enemies. (laughs) You know, very um, justified black and white way of looking at the world. Um, But they also basically only have sticks and glass bottles. Maybe like a couple hunting rifles. Very much like, dude, if you fight the military, you're going to fucking die. Please don't. I don't want you to die. They're like, no, we'll just starve if we don't fight them, which is fair. Uh, then they start fucking him up. Verymont's just getting destroyed by all sides. Therese comes in. She's like, no! Very movie style. Um, and then they're like, fine, well, let's go fight the soldiers. Um, and he's like, I guess I'm not an Ensign anymore. You just need to call me Verymont or whatever my first name is.
1: Ensign. It's actually my and, first name. And since my <laughs> first major, 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 major Bronze. over
0: here. Um, but anyway, the farmers are like, "We need our food back. Give it back, you stupid, you stupid soldiers!" The citizens start throwing rocks. They hit one of the soldiers in the head. He starts bleeding. His friend is like, "Fuck this!" and just shoot some again things escalate very quickly as you might expect in something like this uh the truck where the food is blows the fuck up anyway which sucks all that food's gone um uh yang is like this is reinhardt's plan just fucking come into fruition baby he i fucking called this shit um uh Rubinski, this is where we see dominic once again Rubinsky gets the call as well Oh, Dominique is what I have, not Dominic. That's probably what it Domin- is. But- Dominique. Yeah. There's Dominique like a again, E at the end. Japanese is a lossy language, as we've previously discussed. Um, but Rubinsky's like, uh, oh, this is great for us. We can totally dominate the galaxy because we're so rich. At least that's what I wrote. I don't remember what he actually <laughs> said. Um, but he he commends Reinhard for his plans and wins because he's like, you just fucking, you got this shit, man. But yeah, Molly, you had something with Dominique, right?
3: Oh, I was just super excited that she was back because she was just <laughs> yeah. like a one-off, yeah. like Dr. Strangelove-esque, like hot secretary character. And then it's like she understands the political game being played and she looks mm-hmm. good in a little one- one piece number, and like she's got cool hair.
0: Her one piece nightgown over yeah. here. Yeah.
3: And then, uh, yeah. good, good for you, Rubinsky.
0: Uh, Rubinsky says Fazan will dominate both of them because they'll be impoverished by military expenditures. From here on, the war is not a battle of fleets. Finances will hold the key. I'm Lex <laughs> Luthor. Uh, it's
3: like everybody. I went to grad school with in the MBA program, it like wanted to be this and it, it was so annoying.
1: <laughs> I just wanna point out they totally are a sub technological society. They've got they're literally using sickles and swords as their like weapons
0: of They're choice. just they're just poor people in a technological society. Yeah.
1: Cyberpunk is the same thing. That's yeah, the same.
2: Functionally speaking, it's the same thing.
0: For these guys, yeah
2: it's just yeah. retro chic they're, they're like they're from the empire that's their whole thing
0: you, know, you see they didn't just the empire didn't just take the food they also took all the technology <laughs> so all they had left was like oh my father used this my father's father's father used this sickle to mine the fields when I was but a, a twinkle in in my grandmother's mother's eye <laughs> <laughs> in her <a> cybernetic <laughs> and now I will use this family heirloom to attack these alliance soldiers.
3: I kind of have questions now, so like we were, <laughs> maybe I'll save this for the end. But I just have questions about just resources and resource usage in this universe. But I can I can wait until the very end of the episode
0: yeah no. let's That's let's fine. do it after the credits okay. cause i I love the credits in this, yeah they're very good in this one, but what's even better is the next scene which I have titled fork in all capitals uh because finally finally uh Bucock is trying to get in touch back with the command center, but fork is the li- liaison for talking to him, and fork's like giving bucock the runaround bucock's like look i fucking people are trying to withdraw what are we supposed to do and fork is like i expected yang to be a coward but you bucock how could you be a coward bucock's fucking done here he's like man fork you're a piece of shit uh he goes off on him for being safe in the back For not being able to command people and generally being uncaring, sucking, and in my words, those are my words too, but these are definitely my words, being fucking garbage uh, because Fork is a trash heap of a human. Uh, Fork gets so mad, he has a seizure and turns out that Fork's weakness the whole time was being criticized. (laughs) (laughs) And if you criticize Fork, he has a seizure. Yes. Yes.
3: They're like, "What's what is Fork doing?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, it's going
0: yeah. down like a Phoenix Wright villain." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? Like, what just happened? Oh, are you serious?" Uh, is this a bit? For- <laughs> like-
5: yeah. Is,
0: is this a bit? What? What? Uh, some medics show up. They take Fork off in a stretcher. Uh, Ad Admiral Greenhill, yeah, Admiral Greenhill is up, and he's like, "Well." He got temporary neural blindness due to conversion hysteria, which I think is a real thing. A I Googled thing. it at the time. Oh. and But I thought that it meant that he was brainwashed. Hmm.
3: What?
1: I mean, yeah.
3: Can you explain
1: what that means? That's conversion
0: therapy, not conversion hysteria, okay. though.
1: Oh, no, no. I meant like, no, I mean, he is brainwashed, but it's separate from this.
0: Yes. So yes. conversion
1: hysteria is what you want the explanation of, I guess? Yes. So basically. It's not, I, I don't know if hysteria is what they call it anymore. I mean, this was, you know, a sub Hysterical from, sub
0: conversion, now called conversion disorder.
1: Perfect, because I'm not going to lie, like, that sounds like an old school 80s way of referring to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, like, when you get to a certain level of, I'm going to use the word arousal. I don't mean horny, but, like, excitement. Stimulated. Thank you, yes. A certain level of stimulation in, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be from just getting criticized, but like some people will lose control. Usually it's like, you know, usually it's like a hand an arm will go limp or something. Like an usually it's a limb, but I guess in Forks case because he fucking sucks, he goes blind.
0: He's literally yeah, his, blind to his, his own disorders. Failings. His disorders are unrelated to how shitty he is. It is just a very good uh, literary device that Criticism is his weakness.
1: And he's literally incapable of seeing his own criticism.
5: Oh, He's literally incapable of seeing himself justice. as anything less than perfect.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like just poetry. He checks
2: out, like, nope, not accepting this failure.
0: Yes. Uh, and he passes out and has to be taken away. And uh, Greenhill lets... or Sorry, Fork will probably be put on leave. Uh, fuck yes. Fork is awful garbage
3: he uh, secretly also has a 90s leo dicaprio hairstyle it just happens to be very very slick down but look at that like center part and you can tell yeah. those are going to be some like long gas bangs i that i don't know It's hiding it under the hat too bad he's such a creepo
0: here i am <laughs> leo dicaprio <laughs> kevin was also doing it <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to <laughs> having long hair. I mean, okay, you could also so. call
3: him like JTT or oh, like yeah. anybody 90- else. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I was thinking him. Hansen. 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 Aaron Hansen? No, the group Hansen. Isn't
2: he a part of that?
0: Probably. I don't fucking know. know Do they have individual names?
3: <laughs> they're just the Hansen. Yeah. The
0: yeah.
2: Hansen Bob. That's all you
0: know. None of them have an identity outside of the group. So right. I'm sorry, Hansen Brothers. The price of fame is me disparaging you on a <laughs> podcast that no one will listen to. <laughs> There's uh, no uh,
5: watches, we're going to be number
1: Hanson. one. <laughs> um, we're going to be number one on The anime Hanson podcast. Brothers are <laughs> actually going to be a
0: big fan, and then they're going to be like, damn, you know? And yes, I just called them the Hansen Brothers as a singular entity.
2: <laughs> I mean,
1: they're like,
0: the pro-
2: they're like in the process of typing out a tweet that's like, guys, you should check out this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Here's this line, like,
3: no! <laughs> to be clear, we all have the utmost respect for the group Hanson. Um, they oh, gave yeah, us no, so like, much joy in the
2: 90s. Big fan of your one song, guys. <laughs> they mm-hmm. actually made some pretty oh. not terrible music yeah, in the late yeah. 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s as well.
3: Yeah, I The have, only I like,
0: song I've heard is "Bob." Actually, I had their tape, but I didn't, the only song I remember is not Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Bucock's like, let, let me talk to Lobos, and Greenhill's like, well, well, my friend, the reason Fork was stopping you is because Lobos is having his afternoon nap. And he... And that he shouldn't be disturbed unless the enemy attacks. <laughs> Bucock tells Greenhill to tell Lobos that Bucock was concerned if he was having pleasant dreams. Very get fucked. Fuck you, Lobos. You're a piece of shit. Which, interesting, because, you know, Fork has been the subject of our ire. Fork and the High Council, I suppose. But, but. Lobos is just as bad, even though he didn't seem, like, good or bad. There wasn't, like, a conceded effort by Siddeley to tell Yang that Lobos sucked, too. But, I mean, Lobos is... I, I guess it was implied in the sense that Fork was Lobos' right-hand man, and Lobos didn't care, you know? hmm Anyway fucking it's very like taking a nap no yeah
2: right like don't disturb him he's on his uh, his afternoon he's,
0: nap but he's watching fox news he can't be right now
2: i mean you could make
1: the argument that having a not taking a nap and making sure that you get adequate rest is something that
2: leads to no you can just go in one of those booths and get a You rest. could make that argument ah, that's right. no need for yeah, naps true. no excuse
0: Now, the the alliance has less Less good technology because their ships cannot land on planets, right?
4: So they might not have super napping, right?
0: Right, that's what I'm getting at, right? Like, is super nap imperial only? Mm -hmm. They should only seen it on the imperial side,
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, That's right, because 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 our boys uh Mm -hmm. pop our boys,
3: the veteran and the rookie.
0: We know them as our boys whatever their names were yeah. in that later episode where they were drawn differently and questionable are they even the same <laughs> boys or was that a different set of boys who knows <laughs> who knows but our boys our boys in the nap pods um why don't yeah. they
3: like try to capture a ship and just steal the technology they did capture a ship that's literally they literally trojan horse their way yeah, into Israelon
0: that's <laughs> true and they had they've had yeah, multiple ships friend? I mean, they should the, have nap tanks. They probably
1: yeah. have the tanks.
0: Yeah, but you know,
3: maybe it's the um,
0: it's the pleasure of sleeping. You know, yeah. you're not full after you use the nap tank.
3: Only admirals are allowed to dream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! It gets too deep. Not for the keep common man about that. And that's totally something that would happen in this cyber, fu- cyber fuck, cyberpunk future hell of. that's what I was trying to say, of uh of this world. Even though it's not that cyberpunk, it's there with corporations. You know, you've got Windsor here. Fucking us up still, with girl power. <laughs>
5: um.
0: So anyway, we cut back down to the planet. Uh. Oh, oh! We did learn his first name. It's Franz, I guess.
1: Who Vermon? Yes, yes.
0: Vermon's first name is Franz. You sure? It's that Z. Isn't? I wrote Franz it's because I said Franz tries to turn him and square the tank, but uh, Therese stops him from doing so because the tank would run over him. <laughs> Uh, and very much like we should go, we should leave and go to that deserted planet. But then there's an explosion and it's an explosion of the manor. And, and then we hit the credits and we get, I think this is our second during credits scene. Mm-hmm. I love the during credits scenes, as I've stated in the past. Uh, it remains true here. Uh, there's some rough stuff going on uh the main house is on fire because the tank is shooting at it uh it's pretty fucked up uh the narrator's like uh what i wrote here is talks us through the usage and discarding of citizens um and we get a just hard to look at in some ways shot of this big ass fire uh going on uh Reinhard directs his admirals to attack the Alliance with full strength. We've reached the end of the Scorched Earth plan and are beginning the uh, Scorched Ship plan. Um, They all drink a glass of champagne, throw their glasses on the ground. uh, And the narrator tells us that on October 10th, Reinhard leads his attack. Oh, and this will actually tell us the differential. August 24th is when the Alliance kicked off the invasion from August 24th until now, October 10th. So that is, what, month and a half to two months of, wow, those crops grew really fucking fast. They took over 200 systems really fucking fast. Uh, about a month and a half, and Reinhardt's plan comes to fruition. So, very exciting. So
1: I want to cut in here. Uh, this is probably the second, like, big love scene that we've seen. So, I definitely saw the, the part with the tank specifically. So, like, where where Anton Major decides to just hop in front of the tank and then Jerez just tackles him out of the way and whatnot. Uh, this is basically just a recreation, an actual straight recreation of, of, uh, Brian Hardin, Brian Hardin Kierkegaard's, you know love story down the hill. Like, they even stand on top of a, you know, they stand on top of, you know, in the middle of nowhere, making googly eyes at each other, talking about how they want to go away.
0: I feel like this is not as in-depth as it's that. It's not
1: as in-depth well, because they're the main you. characters, but, you know, like, for being but for being I would put one. this
0: on par with the love that they tried to show in the previous episode between... What was that guy's name? Fuck.
2: Not Ken. Developed not wise, but I think you're saying that the scene setup is very similar. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like they're trying to some. like holding hands and yeah, moonlight kind of.
0: This is the peasants' version of wanting yeah. to take over the entire empire. <laughs> Correct.
2: This is the highest they can go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They know their place.
0: God. So sad.
3: Do you think uh, her dad still made the right decision and kind of pushing her towards Franz?
0: Uh, her dad is
1: basically the broke ass version of Reinhard and Anna Rose's dad.
2: Well, didn't yeah. he need the money? So wasn't
0: he broke ass? Uh mm-hmm. he didn't have a choice to accept the money. I mean, oh, when okay. the, was, of his, the was his you, logic he it. said yeah. I whether or not I took the money, they were going to take her anyway. So I might as well take the money. Yeah.
3: This was more of a deliberate, like intentional move, just a proactive move on his part.
1: Yeah. Like it's not straight up selling into sex slavery, but it's, if you want to use her as a sex slave, I'm not looking.
0: I think that it's a little different. I think he was trying to,
2: he's a lifeboat. Get my daughter out of here
0: yeah yeah i think there's some of that i think there's some of like hey if you take the empire like maybe not everyone went in i assume as kessler did in the previous episode to say hey nobleman you make the decision i bet you some of these people came down and they said we're taking all your fucking food so get excited and if that happened here, right, like this this elder of the town is like, well, shit, fuck the empire. I guess they are abandoning us forever. Like, f- fuck this. You know, so if he's trying to get in with the Alliance by doing this, right, if he's saying if he's thinking the Alliance will actually save us and win this war. I can see the logic. Yeah.
3: I mean, but- I was thinking like. It, it backfired a little bit because he invited them to the party, which let them know he had food. But on the other hand, they basically kicked down every single person's door. So maybe that part would have happened either way. Yeah. And then his daughter has at least a chance. I don't know.
0: What does the right decision mean either here? Right? Like Reinhard's plan in some ways is requires the citizens to not know that the, That they will be taken care of. Right? Mm -hmm. Like it it requires the citizens to think that the Empire is abandoning them. Because if they know that the Empire is not abandoning them, that this is a ploy, then you've got 50 million loose lips to (laughs) let the Alliance know that, hey, if we keep going, we're going to get fucked. So... I feel like if you view the information that the elder had here as the empire's abandoning us, the Alliance is trying to save us. Um, let's get in with the Alliance. And they found a, they found a dude in the military who doesn't suck.
3: I think any occupying force, it's probably smart to cozy on up to them, but it's Mm -hmm. just in this situation, they seemed like a positive force at first, or at least like a not terrible force. But it's probably not the worst idea, regardless. Like, there's so many stories about occupation and just, like, all of the horror that, like, the occupying troops eventually bring to, like, the people who are from the town or country. I mean, we see it all the time in history. Uh, And, I mean, not even, even if you go beyond, like, Middle East stuff. I mean, it's, like, Europe and everything else. So, I mean, honestly, it could have gone a lot worse for the people on this planet, as bad as it went. But it doesn't surprise me that eventually the, like, occupying force would, you know, their own self-interests would override everything else. But was, I think it was still savvy on the father's part. And that it was just lucky that the daughter happened to actually, like, the ensign.
0: Yeah, so uh, I, I would say, given the information he had, I don't think it was a bad choice there's also a question of would the daughter have even tried to run away with the ensign without the father's blessing anyway (laughs) Uh, i think the show portrays it as as if maybe yeah but yeah
3: she's she seemed to be into him for real so like i feel like the show we're supposed to take it pretty literally that she definitely loves him yeah she saved him from a tank I mean, That's true. it yeah. still would have been smart to save him from the tank in the event, even if she didn't love him, just because, I don't know, if soldiers are going trigger-happy, you should maybe be on the side still of the next soldier. To one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Even if he's a former soldier, maybe they won't kill him.
3: Right. She's lucky, honestly, that the crowd didn't kill her when she jumped and like stopped the uh, locals from beating him up. I mean, yeah. tempers were high enough. They could have easily turned on her.
0: Yeah. How dare you protect this... This invading asshole. Mm -hmm.
3: Typically, women were not looked favorably upon if they were kind to invading forces or occupying forces, even if it was a necessity that they had to, like, be nice to them. Or even if they were just, like, assaulted by them, it was still, like, they were looked down upon for it. But in this this case, it's the 80s, so I don't know.
0: (laughs) Space 80s. It's the 80s, so, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Do you disagree, Alan?
1: Kind of, because of, so there's an alternate, there's an alternate translation for uh, for the line that the dad had that I'm putting into the chat, which is, it was for this that I gave my daughter to you. Uh, and yeah. like, when you have that in there, like, it's one of those... Is it the right thing? Is it the correct thing, morally? Not even a little bit. But is it the thing that might help? And yeah. Great. Cool.
3: No, I think that's true. I think the dad was very practical. Like he was—he's a politician, after all, right? Yeah,
1: but it's just—I don't know. Like it like when he the the alternate the alternate translation of it that some that uh, some other places have is just <sighs> like yeah, no, it's not just a hey my daughter can be friends with you. It's, no, 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 no. My daughter is a prostitute, and I am her pimp.
5: Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I would argue that was there as the subtext anyway. That's oh, what we've been right. talking about when well, we talk it, about it, it. I mean, it, right? it goes
1: from sub to full is kind of what I'm saying.
0: And it
4: just works out because Vermont is a good guy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, it's also just political reality. I, I talked about it already. I'm watching Rain right now, and everything is just like oh, I love him, but for the Alliance, I must do this because I represent Scotland. And, you know, it's just the reality of the situation, I guess. Like I said earlier, you can't always afford to be romantic. You have to be practical sometimes. Um, It's one of those things where, like, I think Alan's right, but then I also think, like in this situation it was the smart thing to do it is
1: a smart thing to do yeah just, we, i just also feel like we need to acknowledge that you know it's incredibly fucked up to do oh yeah yeah and like that especially that you know at some point it actually becomes
0: that's it goes from being sub to full text so i think the the question i would ask you though is like Whether or not it's fucked up to do, that's not what you asked us. Did the dad make the right decision? If we embrace that him doing the fucked up thing is part of the realities of the situation, my point is that I think he did the right thing if you accept that as a shitty elder father in this past future version of uh, society you're going to give your daughter away. And if you give your daughter away to the occupying port force as a potential way to keep the occupying force from fucking your entire town shit up, is there, is not that the right thing to do.
1: So what I'm hearing is that this is an argument between, do I have cold cyber, cold, clear cybernetic eyes <laughs> or do I have bright red hair?
3: And the heart of a yes. poet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also or just think sentimental or, women's sentimental, or whatever it was.
0: <laughs>
3: That's right. Um,
0: what's what's I, the like socialism meme? Uh, you say that you're a socialist, but I see that you participate in society. I'm curious, <laughs>
3: I'm very intelligent.
0: You're right.
3: Uh, also, I do think the subtext does turn into real text but i do think that the father at least probably kept it subtext only in his discussions with his daughter like I, it feels like he probably took her her feelings into consideration a little bit because we don't have a scene that's like explicitly spelled out where it's like you're going to you're going to flirt with a soldier you're going to like fuck him and then maybe we'll get to keep our place like it seemed she does she doesn't give off that vibe she seems she kind she maintains of like,
0: innocence i think yeah. here in this yeah. situation i agree
3: I, but I think it could have gone full explicit if things had gone differently and maybe she wasn't into it
0: yeah.
3: but i think the the writing is kind of like oh how romantic and it's like but it's also the 80s so i don't know it's I, the answer to everything
0: i think the show does a good job of like mentioning the subtext in a way that it's like yeah you probably read this a little bit into it and in fact we led you into reading this a little bit into it but here he is explicitly saying it also (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right because when he when she comes out he's like did your dad send you out here um in that first scene where they were together outside or whatever and so you know they they seeded it already that like he knew what the fuck was up yeah but he fell for her too is what the show's telling us it's like yeah you know they may actually have the same dream it is not a it's not all a lie they they both want they both hate people and they want to live in a deserted planet and farm the land using civil engineering technology uh and and raise a family together and perhaps look at
3: dirt. We, yeah look at dirt
0: and look at dirt
3: perhaps we are not so different after all <laughs> <laughs>
1: I also think like so. I, I know I made an allusion to earlier romance scenes, but so I've been reading. I was reading Icebergs because I was trying to find some good screen caps of stuff here.
3: They do. Like, they do have a lot of good animated gifs. They That's have a really
1: good, good animated gifs. Like Is I was that reading like,
0: the uh, the queer reading. Uh, the show? Yeah, queer reading. Yeah, well, which it's a I mean, coupler.
1: let's be real here. I mean, you could call it a
0: queer reading, or you could just call it a regular reading. <laughs> I think we've... Well, uh, I haven't read it, so I don't know, but... No, no, no. I mean, just in general. I feel like we've been doing a fairly queer reading of the show like as well. I call it
1: a queer yeah. reading, or you just call it a regular reading, because boy, right. oh boy. <laughs> uh, but let's, you know, we all know that Reinhard and Pier- and Siegfried are, you know, that's, they're there for each other. They are the power couple. Uh, but... What if, you know, but they're also gay and the empire does not support homosexuality. It does everything it can to, you know, patriarchal, feudal Germany, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what if they didn't have to hide their love away? Hmm. Would it look something kind of closer to how Franz and, and... Therese. Thank you, Therese. I've said her name like 17 times already and I forget every time. It's Okay. Like how they have, how they're like, you know, let's go away.
3: You know, I don't know. Because what about uh, Yang Wenli and his female subordinate? If we're looking at romance within a strict um, military system, what would that look like?
0: Yeah. And there's also the, I don't know, in some ways, Reinhardt and Gyokie were friends. And then Anna Rose got taken right and after that they forged an unbreakable bond by declaring their hatred for the universe itself and shooting a gun into space um and love for each other at the same time also but in some ways that's the defining bit of their entire relationship right like there's eros being taken is what resulted in um Resulted in Reinhardt immediately finding out the realities of the world and with a childlike level of sociopathic innocence, declaring that it is his for the taking because whoever the fuck's running it now is doing it wrong. Which, like, yeah, probably shouldn't have a harem of young women to fuck around with as the emperor, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, just throwing it out that.
3: there into the universe.
0: Just, kind of like like <laughs> just Seems just reasonable. Seems reasonable. Uh, but, but yeah. So like, I mean,
1: I don't want to say putting aside the Anna Rose thing because obviously that's the defining moment for both of them. I mean, when you when they started, when they you know when they did that that scene, they were both cadets or. Equals. Like, they got promoted to different ranks later, after they declared their love already. Yeah. So, like, it, I feel like it is a little bit different. True.
3: They still have their goals. If But uh, if Anna Rose wasn't there, they wouldn't have the motivation to hate the Empire, perhaps.
5: Maybe not immediately.
3: Um, it, they could have grown into it. They probably would have grown into it. Yeah.
0: I mean, and are a... you also asking if they weren't gay, if Kira was a woman or something yeah. as well?
1: Yeah, like, if one, Yeah, like if they were hetero instead of homo, like, they would probably have already been, you know, fucked off to another world to, like, retire off, to retire somewhere.
0: Or... The thing that's hard to balance in this society is, we literally just talked about how the dads would totally give away the daughters, and that applies to both Therese and Anna Rhodes, right? Like... How much does that sort of society fuck with even the ability for Reinhard to treat Kirikyai as an equal to have the moment that they did together? Is there any true love that would res- or not true love, but uh, sorry, loving relationships? Is there any like relationship outside of the Anero stuff happening? Right, like or. Like, they were equals that got closer together because they were equals. If there's the imbalance of man versus woman, Reinhardt's just a fucking asshole as a little 10-year-old kid, right? Like, how much does that even progress? Mm-hmm.
3: You would have had to have that scene at a younger age before he hits puberty, I think, <laughs> for it to work. Because mm-hmm. then he would still maybe respect Ice.
0: Now we're back to fucking... Uh, Oh my God! I can't. really can't remember their names.
1: Uh, Kessler and
0: no, uh, uh, Rose Versailles. Oh, Oscar and
3: Oscar R- and Andre.
0: Oscar and Andre. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like Reinhardt, just like. Secret. Yeah.
5: <laughs> well, it would be, it would be <laughs> if the opposite. Every episode
0: ended with Siegfried, I love you so much, but I can't tell you,
3: Siegfried! <laughs> but I think, I think in this situation, though, we would have Reinhardt raised as a boy, and that would be the situation. Reinhardt is definitely the Oscar in this situation. Higher, higher um, in court
0: than mm-hmm.
3: Reinhardt. Or, or sorry, than uh, Kirky Ice, Kierkei
0: Ice. Yep. Uh,
3: more androgynous than Kirky Ice, prettier than Kirky Ice, except for those eyes, and then just like violent. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Has yeah. goals in life <laughs> that don't revolve around like I don't know romance and stuff.
0: Yeah, because cause, I mean that's a that's an interesting, I don't know, it's an interesting point, I guess. Um, but, but I think that it so fundamentally changes everything about their relationship that it's hard to even talk through.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily mean that they need to be, you know, in a hetero couple. But, like, so, like, something I've noticed is that, like, if you look, they, the this show shows a lot about, you know, it goes into every different aspect of everything, right? So, like, it's not just the fleet battles. It's also the one-on-one individual you know, decisions, the guys making the decisions, the fucking planning of the making of the decisions, the planning of the after you make the decision, loading a box into a ship, like, it goes every single level of everything, right? So I feel like that's just showing, this is just another way of showing, you know, uh, trying to apply that same logic to relationships, of showing different levels of relationship. Or different types of relationship,
2: I
0: guess. I think you can definitely view this... Well, this is definitely showing a couple of levels, right? It's like the Star-Crossed Lovers, the Alliance and the Imperials. Um, these people never would have found each other if the Alliance did not decide to invade the Empire for an election and the Empire did not decide to steal all of the food from every planet as a tactic for uh, dealing with the Alliance, right? Right. How many of this kind of story are happening all over the empire right now? We're seeing one look into it and, you know, presumably there's tons of elders who are trying to get in with the, with the occupying force by offering their daughters to random soldiers. Right? Like I think that's a very easy leap to make from what we're shown here to knowing how large scale this invasion is. And that there's 30 million fucking Alliance dudes to only 50 million Imperial citizens right now is an interesting scale difference. It's very close in terms of that those numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ensign's, Ensign's not a really high rank either, though, too, right? Like, potentially, he's the highest rank on this planet, or at least he's obviously the one doing the most to help them. So maybe rank doesn't consider here. There is some level of the Elders making this decision because uh, Ensign Verymont is actually putting in the work to help them. He's a specialist. Right. This is the level of the elder is not caring about rank. The elder is saying, you know, I actually care about effort. You're putting in effort here. I am not purely politically looking at this. I am not offering my daughter to the commander of the fleet. I'm offering my daughter to you because you're the one on the ground here for the last week growing these crops for us and making it so we don't fucking die. (laughs) Right? Like, there's, there's some interesting there's some interesting political dynamics there in that he's not aiming for the top, uh, gunbuster. He is Mm, instead, uh, he is instead saying, I care that you are an individual. You as an individual are using your skills as to their highest extent, your ability to look at ground and tell if it's dry to help our planet. You know, like, you know, there's, there's something there, right? Um, but trying to draw a comparison with the with the relationship between Kiriki Ice and Reinhardt is, or trying to say, could Kiriki Ice and Reinhardt's maybe this is a better way to phrase it, could Kiriki Ice and Reinhardt's relationship ever look like this if it was a more hetero relationship, or even if it wasn't a more hetero relationship, um, is there ever a world where? Uh, they can just be in love instead of being tied to Reinhardt's ambition. And in my opinion, there's a perhaps sad look at Kirikiaise's love for Reinhardt as actually love for Reinhardt's ambition and not a love for Reinhardt himself.
3: Oh, Ooh. that's a spicy take. That's, yeah, that's a hot take. I tank. got
0: there, I got to this hot take. <laughs> can
3: you explain why you think Reinhardt likes his ambition more than him?
0: I think that Kiki's likes Reinhardt's ambition more because the moment where we see, and I'm not saying that that Kiki's doesn't like Reinhardt either, but right, but I think that Kiki's fell in love with Reinhardt's ambition f- because Reinhard's ambition is so all-consuming, so large of a, you know, uh, what when you're sixteen or however old they were. Um, I don't know how old they were, actually, when the shoot into the sky scene happened. Still 10? 15, no, 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 no.
3: They were, they were at least, like, young teen to mid-teen by yeah. then, right?
0: 16 sounds about it. Let's just go 16. But they're only, like, 21 at the beginning of the show. And they've been together for
1: 10 years. Right, right. So call it 15, okay, call it so 16.
0: 15, 16, right? Yeah. When that happens, like... The ambition of saying I'm going to go from the lowest of low noble caste, who basically doesn't fucking matter at all, equivalent to the highest of the merchant class, um, to emperor as my goal, right? Like, that's just... As a whole, that is like... That becomes all-encompassing if you're serious about it, mm-hmm. right? And at some point, like what does the reality of Reinhardt as a person matter compared to that ambition? Mm. Right. Like that ambition is Reinhardt's character up until, Oh, still that's his entire character right now.
3: And I mean, it's also tied to passion. Like he's, he's passionate about his goal. He's Mm -hmm. like, he's on fire with it and that's attractive. So, I mean, I could see that.
0: Like, and and I mean, like you know, what we're seeing, what this these last two episodes have shown us, is Reinhardt's ambition, not loving Kirikyai's back.
3: That being said, or maybe going along with that idea, if Reinhardt was reading his ambition as, we've got to destroy the divide between the classes, and not just like I want to be the fucking emperor. You know what I mean? Like there That's were, true. there were That's elements a more noble to ambition mm-hmm. too,
0: and I think that is where it comes from, right? Because we shouldn't let children get stolen off of the street to become sex slaves to emperors. And Fair. also you know, the children. rich Hashtag people say, well,
3: rich people partying while we're in like a hundred to two hundred year war and everyone's dying in the lower classes. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to go broader, I don't know. <laughs> but
0: Yeah. Anyway, I think there is some real love there. But I think there's also a portion of the ambition that cannot be denied. What is Reinhard without his ambition? You know?
3: Just a pretty, pretty man.
0: Too pretty
2: to live. Too pretty <laughs> to live.
1: <laughs> Every look he gives is Magnum.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, wait. So so we've talked about this for a while, but Molly i know you wanted to talk about space logistics did yes. we already talk about space logistics or i mean
3: we did a little bit but like okay. my thought i think it's just retouching on things like if they're so bad <laughs> at growing food on a planet and having these 200 colonies with only 50 million people and the when we were watching the movie in the first couple episodes we were like Wow, look at these numbers. How do they have the resources for this? And I was, we were thinking, oh, well, they just have like planets dedicated to farming and dedicated to growing trees to cut down and pulverize to make paper to make love notes from. And <laughs> it's clear they don't know how to farm. So I don't know where all this stuff comes from now. <laughs> like, do they have like an oil planet? Do they just buy everything from Rubinsky? Like, what's going on? Why are they so inept? Why are they bad at things?
0: They're definitely interesting. Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Kevin. Sorry.
4: Yeah, like I have no idea where all this stuff is coming from on either side because peasants aren't shipping like extra stuff to the empire. It's not the Roman Empire. Caesar's not
0: taking his chunk.
2: Yeah, that's yeah.
3: That's what I thought though. I thought they would be like vassal planets or something.
0: there's definitely an interesting even from a personnel standpoint right like not all of these people are coming from densely populated random planets that aren't the capital like if there's only 200 systems and 50 mil people and the entire alliance fleet right now is 30 mil if we assume the same density about the alliance i mean it can't be that two thirds of the population of all of these random planets from the alliance are are making up that military right mm-hmm. like the i d- I don't know that we've gotten population density in the home worlds, so potentially that's really fucking high, especially in the alliance
3: i i but- think the only thing that I can think of is that these are the edge worlds, like the frontier worlds where yeah. they sent these people and they're like newly colonized planets and everything closer to the main area is just going to be like densely populated planets that are better at doing things because they have like bureaucracy built up and infrastructure. Like, right. yeah, yeah, like that. that's the only thing I can think of. Like, a like in, what is it foundation like Mm -hmm. before the the first empire collapses they have an entire planet that's basically coruscant and it's just an entire planet that's a city Mm -hmm. and
4: that's Mm -hmm. yeah um,
3: yeah exactly yeah very good and Mm -hmm. um Yeah, so I guess they could have similar things. They could have their bureaucracy world and they could have their tree world and they could have their oil world and like farming world or something. And maybe They have their Roman world, so (laughs) we knew that one existed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or was that just because he took that guy took it over?
0: Hmm. There's no way he could have built those palaces, which were very Roman in nature. He his dad must have also been very similarly. Roman influence.
1: Possible, but I mean, he's also super rich. But it so could you know be what?
0: because his dad took it over. You know, he's yeah, just I'm like not, an opu- not
3: like an opulent rich person affectation.
1: Yeah, right. And then you know he got sad, so that was cool.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's like an interesting. Oh that rich guy's crazy cuz he didn't want to live in the city. He could have afforded to buy a fucking mansion in the city, but he said fuck that. I'll buy my own damn planet, baby. Yeah. Let's go. Sounds and then great. I'll model it after the Roman Empire.
3: <laughs> he should have just paid his dues to the empire and he could have lived pretty as a little warlord and, you know, in all but name. And he's he got greedy. Damn, I want my own planet and like a Colosseum <laughs> Palace or something. I'll, I'll pay my taxes. It'll be okay.
0: Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, this was fun and exciting. Do we have anything else that we want to uh, touch upon or talk through before we end?
2: Can we talk about them drinking champagne in the credits and then throwing the wine glasses on the ground?
0: I mentioned it but uh, we that. did not perhaps focus on it as much
1: <laughs> that is a uh, <laughs> that is actually an old an old I want to say german or viking celebration okay or not celebration but like preparing to go to war thing
0: mm. is it celebrating victory before you've done the thing mm-hmm. okay mm. yep cool I'm so even pass. those who will fall if any will be around for the celebration perhaps Basically. Is a way to look at it. Well, thank you all for listening to us talk about nonsense and some things that are slightly less than nonsense, at least literally fun to listen to, I hope. (laughs) If you've made it into whatever episode we're on now, then i would expect that you have had at least some amount of fun and if not please stop listening for <laughs> your own sake seriously don't we don't need our numbers boosted we don't care just if you're not having fun just stop all right it's too much it's too much for anyone to just listen to us for no reason but if you if you like us then please continue yes you don't don't stop if you like us well, unless you want to i guess Anyway, do whatever
2: you want.
0: Do it. Do whatever you want. But if it's listening to us and you're not having fun, I would rather you not. I don't want you to start hating us because you're just like hate listening to us. That's my main. That's my main thing.
2: You know what? I I, I would prefer them to hate
0: listening
1: to us. <laughs> you know what? I will say this. Uh, I would disagree with you, Matt. The only exception <laughs> being Hanson. Mm.
0: Hanson, you should hate listen to us. Lord bon Hanson listeners, if you want to hate listen to us, you have math's approval, and I will accept that as a reason to hate listen to us. But I would prefer it if you did not hate listen to us for your own sanity. But if you've already given up on that, which is fair and, uh to 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 tool t twenty twenty, um, then. <laughs> How would you say it? How would you say maybe it? Maybe
2: just say it instead of abbreviating it.
0: Never. I refuse. Um, thank you for, for being there for us and really teal like 2024 when this episode comes out. So thanks. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Goodbye. See you.
3: Have a good night.
1: Love you, Hanson. <laughs> Bop. Thanks for
3: listening, Hanson <laughs> should watch more anime 2020. <laughs>
2: Imperial fleets' full-scale counterattack finally begins. The Alliance forces face the surging waves of their fierce attack. Yang's 13th fleet is no exception in that regard. As allies are defeated one after another, Yang attempts a do-or-die counterattack. But dot dot dot. Next time on Galactic History 101, Episode 15: The Battle of Amlitzer.